the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. On weei.com. Post game podcast of 2021 season. Patriots preseason game number one is in the books. A win over the Washington football team with a uh, Ramondre Stevenson late touchdown to sort of steal the deal. And I don't know what Ron Rivera was doing. Looked like Bill Belichick didn't know either, but. They got a late touchdown out of it, and they got a win. So I guess it's preseason, but they they got the W, and they are now moving on to Philly. Screw the W. We're here to talk quarterbacks. We're here to talk players. Uh, I mean, because that game was – first it was going to be a tie, right? It was going to be 15-15, then they um, review it, change the call, and then, you know, you're just going to win a nice little simple, and then all of a sudden you're right. Ramondre Stevenson had the, I would say, highlight play of the game with the 91-yard touchdown. Um, we can get into him later because I'm intrigued by him. I've been intrigued since the practice field and he jumped it to the game field. But uh, I think we start in the obvious place with Mac Jones and not even so much his play. The thing I found most interesting, uh, Patriots fans love them some Mac Jones. The cheer when he entered the game, the chance late in the game, the jerseys. You know, they, they showed a kid on the broadcast behind the bench screaming for Mac to like sign his jersey. He had the number 10 on. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. I don't want to do that, but I would say uh, a star was born last night at Gillette Stadium. Not only that, even beyond that, the the pass to Wilkerson in the end zone, the long pass, like the the gas from the crowd, like when it was yep. in the air and fell, like that's – you don't get that with Cam Newton. No, and I don't know about you. I liked – I'm literally trying to think play by play. So the numbers aren't great. The completion percentage was good, 87 yards, no touchdowns. It's like, okay, whatever but I didn't see anything that I didn't really like. Okay. Yes, I actually did. There was a, there was a comeback, I think to Wilkerson. That was a dangerous throw between two guys. He, and Wilkerson. Made I, a nice you're talking about. I thought he threw that to get him open. Uh, oh, I thought the in, no, the, yeah. The inside coverage guy had he turned his head a second earlier would have stepped in front of that and gone the distance for a pick six. That was the only throw not the only throw. I guess the Jakob Johnson one was a little low. Like there was a couple nitpicks, but to me, the thing that Bill always starts with where it says like, it looks like it should, and he's running the offense and doing, you know, the huddle and the calls and everything. All of that to me looked like Mac Jones was ready to go. And I would say, basically, this is the first fans like TV viewing highlights, sports center, whatever. Um, I did a hit with JT the brick after the game, like national guys are going to take notice, but I think we saw the Mac we've seen on the field, right? The practice field. Like, didn't we see the same Mac? It's yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing. Can, has control of the huddle. He can make the check downs at the line. He drops back. And as soon as that back foot plants, boom, it's out. It's usually to the right guy. I thought he did a good job of checking down to the running backs when he needed to, yep. even the sack that he took, like, I'm not saying sacks are great, but he took the sack and moved on. I thought he even uh, moved up on that third down that he ran. I thought yep. he got the first down. It was a bad spot. Um, but he, so he he chucked off all the boxes. Stepped up in the pocket. Two, the two-minute offense looked good in that. No huddle. Like looked he, very good. What do you, you know? Seven for eight. Uh, yeah, seven for eight. And um, the the missed throw to Gunner where he just missed him on that deep ball. Mm-hmm. He, you know, got angry at himself and was still a little bit angry when he got to the bench and he's sitting next to McDaniels and totally on himself. Not like 
yeah. above and beyond anger. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he hand and was excited. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that fine line between uh, debut rookie excitement, but not over the top nervous or too energetic or have to rein himself in. Um, now I thought this added to, you know, me June 15th, I decided he was the starter. Um, I think he's the starter. I think he should be the starter. I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't see the downside. I don't see like deer in headlights or, Oh God, you could ruin this kid. And uh, I did want to note one thing, the, the play you mentioned where he stepped up and tried to get the first down and they, he didn't get it. Um, I thought he got a little uh, limp after that. I thought there was a little leg thing. So just put that in the back of the memory just in case. But he, I mean, he obviously I, played after- I saw some other people. It looks fine on the field. Yeah, just just keep that in the back of the mind just in case, just in case. Other than that, uh, I'm ready for the Mac Jones era to begin. And I think, well, I won't say 68,000 because there weren't 68,000 people there, but no. whatever number was there, 50,000 or whatever, I think they're ready for the Mac Jones era to begin too. Uh, what not to like? You're um, negative. You're good at this. Oh, um, I, I, I was thinking this during the game. I'm, I'm starting. I, I've seen what I need to see. And not only with him, just like – it's cam like he's he's been much better than he was last year but that's that's not great nfl quarterback play like yes he's not the 32nd quarterback in the nfl anymore he's he's just but he's below average and i think that he when you look at mac jones if he's playing to close to cam's level now going up against a guy who's a former nfl mvp and mac jones has only been in the league for whatever three months like his ceiling is so much higher and will get so much better, you know, week by week that he could be way past Cam Newton come week one. I, I'm, I'm with you now. I, I just, what do you owe Cam Newton? What does Bill Belichick and the Patriots owe Cam Newton to give him the chance to start? And to me, it's nothing. Right. Um, the, the thing you just said, isn't it the same argument we've had all along? So OTAs and minicamp. Well, he's really neck and neck with Newton. And if he's neck and neck, what's he going to be in training camp? Oh, he's like, he's still as good or better than Newton. Now, preseason action, he's as good or better than Newton. So at some point you say he's just as good or better than Newton and the upside long-term developmental, you know, that's all on his side. So, and I do want to say, I think Newton was fine in his two series. Like they go three well, and out the first one, the like, sack. Isaiah but again, it's what we've like, seen in training camp. He's consistent, makes the throws. And then he has that one throw. Like, what the heck was that? It was a screen pass to White. Um, but he I, like he had the nice throw to Jonu Smith, allowed him to have that catch and run, broke the tackle up the left side. The first um, which completion I, Myers was good. I would say Patriots fans, put that Jonu Smith crosser in the back of your mind. That will be the play you see most often this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, think I, tweet, I tweeted after the play. I have a feeling I'll be seeing this play a lot because we've yep, seen it a lot I, already too. I mean, bare minimum. 40 times you'll see that completed in game like 17 I mean, games a, a variation of how they can make that look like differently oh, yeah. to try to have it run so many no times no question yeah. different personnel groups different formations different ways to get Jonu Smith to that spot but it will end up with Jonu Smith in that spot and I think Patriots fans are going to love that talk about gasp plays I think because he'll hit some of those where he'll go up the sideline or, or break a tackle and go 35 I think that's going to become a little bit of a gasp play where you say, oh, this could turn into a big play. Let's see what he can do with the ball in his hands. Um, But getting back to the quarterback situation, I also, I mean, I give Cam credit, his post-game interview. Uh, First of all, I give him credit for coming out relatively timely, not making us wait an hour. Well, I told Uh, you before we got on it, he did come out of the game like three hours before the 
interview was. So but, well, that's fine. I mean, I, I, we've had practice days where he's made us wait like an hour. So I don't assume he's coming and I appreciate and thank him for coming quickly. I also appreciate his energy. Like I'm never, the, the energy isn't fake. And I don't know, maybe he's not yet to where you and I are. Maybe he doesn't yet realize, oh shit, this kid's good. Oh shit, my job is maybe not disappearing for week one, we'll see. But my job is starting to disappear before my eyes. And his energy on the sidelines, the celebrations with Stevenson, the touchdowns, all of that was good. Then he's praiseful of Mac post game. What he, you know, talking about his pristine preparation and, you know, they're going to be there for each other. Well, I, I think that's true. I just think it's going to be Mac consoling Cam when Mac is the starter. You know what I mean? There's going to be a weird role reversal there of him trying to keep, I think, Cam positive. But uh, we've said it for whatever it is, 14 months now. For the most part, a couple blips, Cam does the right thing, says the right thing. The energy is genuine, and and I think he deserves credit for that. What I'm losing my train of thought where I was going to go with the, the, the Cam aspect. I guess, do you think Cam will be open to taking a backup job? Uh, I'm starting to get more um, of a belief that could happen. Like, I again, I'm re- you're reading things from afar. You don't know what's going on in his head. You, all you can do is read. And, like, in the mini camp, we read him as being sulky and mopey when he lost reps and camp. But now, like, I didn't see sulk or mope. And he's watching Mac get two-plus quarters of action while he got two series, one of which is a three and out. Um, but, you know, celebrating and upbeat and all of that, I'm starting to believe that Cam could accept that, that role. Because I do, let's rewind. Like, I think Cam loves football. Like, I truly believe he loves football. Not just that he loves to be a superstar or a Heisman winner or, or he loves to be the Oikos yogurt guy, anything. I think he loves football, the team aspect, the camaraderie, the things guys always talk about. It, so if he wants to continue with that, I think that'll be you know, the only way is to stay the Patriots' backup quarterback probably. And again, I, I don't know if he would see the upside of the Patriots, like, Ooh, we got a decent team here. Maybe we're a little more competitive than people think. I want to stick around and be part Maybe of Maybe I get those goal line packages or yeah. I get on the field somehow. Yeah. So I am starting to buy a little bit more into the idea, not physically, physically. I always thought it was a legitimate idea. Mm-hmm. Bill would love to freak up out other teams in their preparation, that whole thing. Now I'm starting to buy the idea that Cam could take the unprecedented step of being the MVP superstar who says, yeah, I'll take the package role. I'll take the backup role and I'll be a good team leader and, you know, different, but similar to Drew Bledsoe, the way he was praised in 01 for helping Tom Brady, being a support system for Tom Brady. He was pissed at Belichick. Like he didn't want to lose his job. He wasn't happy with the situation, but he didn't allow that to kind of infringe upon his role on the team and mentor and all that. So I'm now more open to that. Yes. What would be the, this is what I was going to say before. What would be the argument for Belichick to start Cam week one? Uh, I don't have one. (laughs) I don't think I have one. I mean, I don't buy the, you owe him something. I know. Right. Get the hell out of here with you. You're going to waste a game because you owe a guy something like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the one thing would be, no, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't really, I, I'm, I'm trying. I was just thinking back to my, like my baseball coaching 
Um, and we've played a certain way all year, for example. Like we bat 12 batters. Could we bat nine in the postseason and get the order through quicker and try to win playoff games? And I've said a couple times to our coaches, let's just keep playing the way we play. Like, let's, this is what got us here. So I guess just saying, Cam was our quarterback, still is. Just let's just do what we do. But it, it's a stupid it argument. Last year, so. no, I know. So I, 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 no, I don't have one. My only argument would have been if if Max showed a little bit of signs that he could benefit from more time, and I, I think we've no. seen. I, I said I needed to see a little bit more, and I'm, I've seen a little bit more. Like, I saw it in a game. Like, he wasn't bothered at all. Like, I guess maybe putting it together on a back-to-back week and joint practices with Philly and the Eagles. But I think we'd be we'd be surprised if Mac took a step back at this point. Like, I think he's going to continue to get better. So, right. I think the case for him will only get bigger and stronger as the weeks go on. Physically – He's been as advertised, right? Like the skills, the timeliness, everything. And then mentally, I think he's been as advertised. I don't think the spot is going to get too big for him. I don't think he's suddenly going to freak out because he played at Alabama in a national championship. Right. So I, it was a good question you asked. I think that's a good, why would you start Cam Newton? And I think it's a question that I will be bringing to the OMF show today when I'm on our airwaves on WEEI because I don't know that there's a legitimate one anymore other than you owe him. Like he was a good. You said, what, what do you owe? It's the NFL. Like, like who does that? Who? owe? especially he's not lifetime Patriot 15 year, you know, Troy right. Brown, Teddy Bruschi. You owe him one last shot or something. And no. on the other side, the flip side, you picked Mac Jones. I'm a 15 overall. It's not like it's this veteran who just came in and is playing better. Like you invest right. in this guy. Yeah. So that's a good question. I have no answer. Okay. Um, other positions, uh, wide receiver. If you thought Nikhil Harry was going to break out, you were disappointed because he still stinks. Oh, well, you don't have to be mean. He played like three quarters and had one target, one catch for four yards. Yeah, um, I will say for the most part, my big picture theme oh, of this sorry, game. Even- sorry, I don't want to bash Nikhil Harry. All good blocker. He had some good run blocking down the field, which has always been the case for him. So, like, it's not like he's not competing. He's a factor in the run game blocking. So just, I'm not all negative. Okay. My big picture takeaway, other than even the quarterbacks and Mac Jones in this game was just about everything we saw in the practice field transferred to the game field. Like guys we were saying were good, were good. Guys like Joan Williams and Jalen Mills that were struggling, struggled. Like I thought almost everything transferred from 12 practices to the game field. The lone exception or one of the few exceptions was Nikhil Harry. He didn't do a damn thing, and he had plenty of opportunities. Um, I know Zoe was all over it, not just Nikhil Harry in particular, but the receivers not getting open, creating separation. Um, but he never – at least Wilkerson had the play in the end zone, could have had a big play, and everybody would have said, oh, yeah, they've been talking about that guy at camp. He had an opportunity there. He didn't make it. Now, he caught that other ball we were talking about earlier. He was a leading receiver. He, was, he, he did a good job. I thought he was fine. I don't. To me, he didn't do anything to make himself any more than a fringe roster guy. And you still talk about, can he make the team? Will he make the team? Um, But Nikhil Harry, like, you're only going to get so many chances. Like, this is year three, and he couldn't take that next step and build on whatever momentum there has been in camp. Now, I think some people are going to say, I knew the media was full of crap or something like, same old Nikhil Harry to me, right? Like, no, he's had a good camp. You can choose to believe it or not that he's made plays on the practice field as a, as a fan, whatever he has. But the fact that he didn't transfer it to game action is, is disappointing. And I just, 
it is what it is. Yeah, you've talked, but it's a continues the trend of what we've seen in the practice field carried over. Nikhil Harry's looked great in one on ones during training camp, but when they get to the team periods in 11 on 11s, he's invisible, which was the case last night in the game. And so he's not going to break out until he can actually do that in 11 on 11 action. And that was not the case last night. And I think it speaks to just the receiver position as a whole. It's not deep and it's not great. <laughs> that is accurate. There is no question. Now, we should be fair. Nelson Aguilar wasn't out there. So theoretically, you were without your number one yeah. receiver. Yeah. And and not that he's a receiver, but Hunter Henry's not out there. So sort of the dynamics of the first, first unit, first group of pass catchers was altered. Um, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne. What did you make of the, um, Harry being the number two receiver over Bourne last night? Um, I think that's an effort to, you know, we've been talking about fast tracking Mac Jones and all the reps. I think that was an effort to see well, what's Harry like yeah. make or break Harry kind that's, of thing. That's why I give that's him the chance. I, that's what I wrote. Like I said, like the, it's probably an effort for the Patriots to like, see what Nikhil Harry has as opposed to an indictment on Bourne. And not that they care about the trade request or the, the, the way it was phrased, like it was their fault, no opportunities, but you're going to say you didn't have any opportunities now? We put you out there for an entire preseason game. Again, you know, some against good players and then some against car wash guys later in the game. You didn't do anything. You didn't stand out. You weren't getting open. You like, so I think there was some of that, just like a, an opportunity to really give him his chance to build on whatever he's done in camp or have his chances to shine. And he just couldn't do it. And that is what it is. You're right. Blocker. He's a blocking wide receiver. Which we already knew. Like, he's been that right. since he came into the league. That's that's great. That, but that's just like a, a small part, small percentage of playing NFL wide receiver. Man. Right. All right. Uh, running back. You said you uh, had some Ramondre Stevenson thoughts. Well, talk about taking it not only from the practice field to the game field, but then taking it to the next level. And even if you take out the big run, like, I don't want to because that's a great play. And I thought... Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I don't care what you say for a 200 and whatever he is, 30 to 50 pound running back. The website says two, the Patriots team website says 227. Wait, it used to say 246. I know. I know. I was, I was, 20 pounds? I was surprised when I looked up after the game. No, like, I'm going to say the roster they gave me at practice as of like a few days ago, the paper one said 246. No, I went to the Patriots team website and it was 227. Jiminy Christmas. The guy's on a. What's he on? Awaken 180? Yeah, <laughs> he's on something. Um, and we've talked about it. I didn't think he looked 246 or up near 250. He certainly looks closer to 225 to me, 230. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense. But, you know, the even for a 225 guy to pull away like he did, and I don't care who's on the field, like you, you, you still beat every you beat all 11 guys down the sideline right. 90 yards. There's corners and safeties that are on the field. They may not be star players, but they still probably <laughs> run a four for what they're athletes yeah they're athletes and they play to their position they have speed they should have angles the backside corner and there was a guy that was running faster than him 32 i think and just realized i'm not catching him before the goal whatever um but i thought even earlier than that he showed the lateral quickness and like jump cuts those little slide cuts in the backfield uh now we just need to figure out they need to figure out is he just a runner right now or is he a running back? Because we know he's been chewed out a lot. He's in the wrong position, the pass protection, the blocking, those challenges that every rookie running back, young running back faces. Um, 
are there. And, and I don't know. I mean, even Ivan, what did he say? Hey, he's great with the ball in his hands, but all the other stuff has to get better. And like was being true, honest, we've seen it. Um, but, and then to step back from that, I thought Damian Harris looked good running the ball. Now I know they had the one play call back down on the goal line, running mm-hmm. towards like the left pylon, but just physically, I thought he looked good running the ball. And that's a good, that's a good Washington defense. That's a talented <laughs> defense that you're going against early on theoretically. So um, the, the idea that they're going to be able to run the football, I think is very legitimate and, See, the one thing that I guess if you're you're super high on Stevenson is this idea that Sony could be traded or Sony might not be on the roster. I still don't buy into. I think you need that depth of Sony Michelle. Um, but maybe you could say if they have Harris, Stevenson, Bolden, that Sony Michelle is expendable. Again, I don't buy it, but maybe. Oh, no, because we've talked about it before. They're all injury prone. Damon right. Harris is injury prone. You need you need to have that insurance, and I don't think you could be comfortable with Stevenson and Brandon Bolden as your one-two running back duo. Um, the other running back note, uh, only a couple plays, but the James White screenplay looked like a James White screenplay, and this idea well, that I, than it did last year, right? And this idea that I wondered if he's losing a step or if he's on the backside. Maybe it's just been circumstantial. Maybe you know he's still that because again, it never looked crazy athletic when he did it you can go back three years ago you can go back to the super bowl go to wherever you want it's the production it's the ability to always make the right cut or make a guy miss and get the first down even when he's at his best and you saw at least a slight flash of that last night with that screenplay uh other side of the ball defense limited playing time for matt judon but he certainly made an impact and i think he made his case to show patriots fans that what we've been hyping on the practice field is the real deal yeah, there was a, it may have been a three-play stretch on two drives where it was run stuff for like a one-yard loss. Then it was coverage. I think he got a pass defense. And then it was pressure in the backfield. And I thought that right there showed you who and what Matthew Judon is and how much of an impact player he can be. He had the little scare with the, the leg when he left for a second, but obviously came back and was okay. Um, but I thought you got a little taste and Let's be honest. A lot of times that's what you get in the preseason, just a little taste of what guys can be. Um, I thought you got a taste of the way that guy can and should impact the front seven and the defense and and what they can be and be sort of a foundational piece of why I think they can be really good. Uh, Hakeem spent started the game defensive lineman. Like I put, I did a list of guys that did a lot for themselves in the game. Just the fact that he was starting, I guess makes it seem like he's higher in the coaching staff's eyes than maybe the media's. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting that he's out there. Certainly that's an opportunity for him. And I don't think they just willy nilly give those out. Like they didn't flip a coin and say, ah, put Spence in there today. I think he's very much in the mix and they like what he's seen. Um, on the flip side of that, first of all, the front I thought played well, I thought you saw the front for the most part, there was that one play where Lawrence guy got juked out of his shorts for a game, but that's fine. Lawrence guy in open space with a decent running back probably should get juked. Out yeah. Of his shorts. yeah. Like it is what it is. But overall, I thought you saw a front that was active and pretty stout against the run game. Um, But that defensive line, defensive front, I do think there's some interesting things going. Like, is Henry Anderson a potential cut? We've talked about this in practice. He was playing there. He was out there pretty late in the game. But I think we looked at his contract. He's got some guaranteed money. He does. But I don't know that that makes him uncuttable. I, I just... 
Henry Anderson, who I really like, and I really thought was going to be a really good player for them, like a Lawrence guy, versatile type player. I just, I'm not sure he's been an immediate fit uh, on the defense and on the front. So you can beat, I don't, I'm not going to pretend I watch every single one-on-one rep, but I've looked, watch he's gotten he's gotten beat a few times and what they've done on the practice field so it's not like he's been an instant star like i think god chow has been much better than him oh yeah i think god chow is a foundational piece for this year for the front um i don't know the adams situation i don't assume he's part of the mix like and they have there's going to be a couple names i think at defensive tackle that are among the final cuts or among the cuts i guess not final but cuts that are going to surprise people like Byron Cowart. He started last year. Could he get cut Henry Anderson, a, a quote unquote, big name free agent signing or a name free agent yeah. signing veteran name who could maybe not make the team. I think there's going to be some interesting decisions to be made there. Um, the other thing I really liked on the front. Well, first of all, let's stay positive for a minute and then we'll get to some of the negatives as, as we move forward. Um, staying positive. I thought Josh Uche looked like a young Matt Judon. I thought he was showing you run stuff, pressure. Oh, he's in coverage with this guy, pushing him out of bounds. Mm-hmm. That edge ability to be a factor in sort of all three areas of the defense there. I thought Josh Uche was displaying that kind of versatility and potential impact. He seems like I mean, just the second year he hasn't even played a down a real game in the second season, but I think he has the makings of being the next like Patriots linebacker. I agree. And I, and I think in terms of also vocal and leadership, I was just going to say, like, I know it's a post-game press conference, but like he gives off that vibe of like, I can lead a group and I can be a guy people look up to. Like I can be the next, I'm not saying he's the next Dante Hightower, but he could be the next Patriots linebacker that is sort of setting the tone for the group. This is really lame, but I told you when he talked at practice a couple of weeks ago and he said, talking about the first day in pads and I forgot the exact phrase, but he's like, still football we still need to be physical or like he just felt like whoa like that's that's a defensive football player mindset type guy and and it's funny because you know remember the whole thing coming out was he didn't really play until his last year at Michigan and even then was barely yeah Yeah, so it's interesting that he looks like a developmental foundational linebacker because you think about what that's meant who that's been for the last 20 years in New England that's an important role like mm-hmm. that's what the defense is built around a lot of times and for Belichick and and New England so yeah I think he very positive returns early for uh, Josh Uche all right what was your negative uh so my negative on the front if I was going to say Nikhil Harry didn't transfer to the offensive field I thought Juwan Bentley um, missed some tackles, looked awkward at times, looked unathletic, looked more like the Jawan Bentley I saw last year than the Jawan Bentley I've been praising and talking about on the practice field. So I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but I thought he looked, he didn't take the positives I've seen on the practice field to the game field. What did you make of Jawan Williams playing deep into the fourth quarter? I know he had an interception, which is great, but is it against the fourth ball drill? Well, I'm telling I, I, because I, I tweeted out that, you know, he's a second round pick playing deep into the fourth quarter. And then obviously like three plays later, he makes the pick and everybody's tweeting at me. Look it, look it, look it, look it. Well, he was still in the game in the fourth quarter. Like that kind of shows where he's viewed on the depth chart. And it's, it's a lucky play. It's right place, right time. And he caught it and he ran it back. The, that's the part of the, like, 
taking advantage of the opportunity, making sure you don't drop that and then turning into an offensive player and, and picking up some yards. But I thought he struggled. I didn't think he looked very good. Um, I thought he and Jalen Mills both were, were chasing, were giving up receptions, were not, were not very good. Um, I thought J.C. Jackson, he had that early pass defense. He gave he up a play. Like what, one or two series? Yeah, I would say two. Um, but he looked feisty. He looked like what I think he is, a good, not great corner. Like, And your best corner when Stephon Gilmore's not in the mix. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm still down or however you want to say it on Jalen Mills and, and Joan Williams. I don't think Joan Williams is going to be on the team. I don't think he – and I don't think one, he should. The one thing I, I – because I – these things come up when you're making roster cuts. He was still involved in the special teams units, the, those starting core special teams units, kickoff, kick return, punt. So if he's going to find a way on the roster, it could be with that route. But then we've talked about it on the last podcast. How many of those guys can you have? Uh, yes, that. And I would also say in the area of versatility and how you get a roster spot back into the defensive backfield, I don't think it's a good thing for him how much Miles Bryant is playing safety. Well, he did get I hurt. Think That's the other issue. He, he did get hurt. I think he's fine okay. unless he has a broken rib. Um, no, like just visually, I'm watching. Like, I think he got the wind knocked out. Of him. He took a weird hit to like the side, yeah. kind of like as he came across. Um, but it looks to me like they're saying, well, if this guy can be a he's better corner than Joan Williams, and if he can play some safety, even though he's undersized, why do we need to keep Joan Williams? This guy's better. A better opportunity so i think tying those together um is bad maybe for because i i mean you look at miles bryant you don't think he's a safety was no. he five nine 180 or something like right. he's undersized he bounced right off the guy when he got hurt like that's going to happen at times with bigger tight ends down the field um but the fact that they're just putting him out there because they do need to replace jason mccourty in terms of that versatile backup guy um but to me that should be jalen mills the whole domino here is get a corner over there, get a corner who can play. So Jalen Mills can be the versatile guy. And that, that corner is Stefan Gilmore. Right. And that's, yeah, this is a post game review podcast, but that his situation right. is definitely worth bringing up at a later date. Uh, Quinn Nordeen uh, made some long kicks, 40 and 50 yards, but then missed an extra point. Um, is this at all a kicking competition? I don't think so because like part of it, you'd look at it like the quarterback competition. You have the old guy and the new guy and the upside of the new guy and his skills are maybe they're better. Maybe he has a stronger leg long-term. Okay. This could be our kicker for the next X number of years, but people forget Nick Folk was awesome. Awesome. He hit, what do you go? Like 26 of 28. And he missed the first, he missed like two of his first three or something to start the year. Yeah. And then was perfect, including 50 plus yard field goals to win games for you right? To beat the, what was it? The Jets. Jets, yeah. So the difference in the comp between quarterback and kicker would be the incumbent old veteran is good, was really good last time you saw him. Now, the injury situation, him not being out there, I don't know how that muddies the water, what the injury is necessarily. Um, and Quinn, and the other thing that's different, I would say, for quarterback is your young quarterback was borderline perfect and awesome at Alabama. Your young kicker was not at Michigan, right? He wasn't great. He has a strong leg and that's clear. He has a strong leg, but he also missed a PAT. And if he's going to start missing PATs, well, that makes the decision a lot easier. I would say to go with the veteran kick. I think he's going to be around. 
whether it's the well, Foxborough. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say whatever. that though. Like he's been out, he's gotten attention. Like I think if a team needs a kicker, and you look at the preseason, he Quindor Dean is probably a guy that comes to mind. So sure, until he's on IR. With what? An injury. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it before. They'll do it again. All teams do it. All teams do it. I know. know. Like whatever it is, punch him in the rib, get your trainer to inject him with something. Just do something. Okay. Because I think he definitely is worth keeping around and whatever, but I don't know that I want to just give him the job over Nick Folk, who was really, really good. Right. Uh, Any other takeaways from the game you want to bring up? We may have missed. Uh, Other. uh, Well, we should talk about the offensive tackle situation. Um, I'm going to need Isaiah Wynn to slow Chase Young. I know Chase Young's really good, really, really good. And he didn't have help. And maybe that would have been different in the regular season. Maybe that would have been the old Matt Light versus Dwight Freeney, where it's not going to be one-on-one. It's going to be two-on-one. There's going to be a tight end. There's going to be a running back at all times. But uh, that uh, that was not good. That was that was not good there with Chase Young. And for Chase Young to talk about how it slowed down and make it look that easy. Um, I mean, that's Isaiah Wynn's supposed to be a good left tackle. Right. It gets back to my plan. I think they should flip-flop tackles during the game, various points. Right tackle, left tackle, move them around, motion them. Hell, even have calls. You should even have calls. That's what I would do. If you don't like that matchup, have a call, and they flip-flop. We audible plays, right? We sure. audible, we change defenses based on matchups. Right. If I want Trent Brown in front of – because I know it's one-on-one. Let's just say with the, yep. the call, and I don't want to change everything. Yep. Change the damn tackles. Yeah. I need to talk to Carm. I was going to say, next time Carm's bill, bring that up. I, I think I should. I like that idea. Kind of an out, it's not like a ridiculous question. What's ridiculous about it? Right. Why would like why couldn't you do that? Have a call where the tackles flip flop, and then if they want to flip flop, okay, now we're in a makes it harder on the defense. Game. Right. 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 Now maybe I can flip flop and quick snap while they're flip flopping their defensive ends if they want to play some matchup game. Why not? I'm sure. I I want people. Go to Off Day Pod on uh, on Twitter. Tell me why this is a stupid idea, because I'm sure there's like football hardos, everything out there. Tell me why it's a stupid idea that not only, A, could you flip-flop tackles, which some college teams do. Mm-hmm. Some college teams already do that. But why you couldn't flip-flop tackles in terms of with a call, with a matchup, to, to get a better matchup for a certain play. I yeah. like it. I like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so – the Philly joint practices Monday and yep. Tuesday game Thursday. Uh, we'll have a preview podcast for the game right Wednesday. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, middle of the week. Um, again, should be another good week chance for Mac Jones and the quarterbacks to face another team. As we've talked about plenty of times before, you sort of get a lot out of the joint practices, sometimes more in the game. So that's thing to keep an eye on. Let me ask you a question before you wrap this up. Yep. So we like we're supposed to overreact. It's kind of what we do. Like, did what you saw against the the football team for the Patriots alter your big picture in any way? Like, would you add a quarter of a win to the season total? Like, or drop it if you didn't like something. But positive, negative, did it alter maybe even just a slight percentage of how you see this football team? I think it com- confirmed that what I've seen on the practice field is what I'm seeing. This team could be pretty good. And so pretty good. I'm saying like 10 to 12 wins. So you're taking the over. Yes. Cause I think it's in the nine and a half. Range. Nine and a half. Yeah. I know ESPN ran their, uh, what is it? Football Projection. power index. Yeah. 
it was 9.7, I want to say, wins over 10,000 simulations. I am, I'm leaning towards the over too. Not heavily. Not like, oh my God, I'm going to win this bet easy. It'll be over by December 1st. But if you made me say over or under nine and a half wins, I would say this could be a 10 plus 10 win football team, maybe 11 if everything goes right. So, and, and nothing I saw would adversely affect that feeling. I mean, I told you, I think in the preview, my takeaway from the first 12 practices is I feel better about the team than I did entering camp on a lot of levels, a lot of positions, depth, defense, everything. Now I will say we can get to this in future podcasts. Stefan Gilmore is a massive, oh. massive part of that. And I think his, his bargaining power was only strengthened when I watched uh, Jalen Mills. He looks so cool. The number two, the green hair, the, the green the hair, he has a little bit of swagger. He has swagger. Everything about him looks cool until I ask him to cover somebody consistently as an outside guy. I don't think he can do it. And if I'm Stefan Gilmore, I'd say, Hey Bill, I was watching this tape. Hey, you want to come watch it with me? It's Jalen Mills. You wanna... <laughs> hey, I, what you... now are you going to put him on Godwin or Evans in week four? If I'm not out there, like I still say I'd be the price would be going up, not down if I'm Stefan Gilmore. And I would think that that conversations will start to pick up as we move. Cause this is, the regular season's in what a month? Like it's, yeah. it's almost here. So yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week with a preview podcast of preseason game. Number two, have a good weekend and we'll uh, talk to you later. Peace out.